I'd say it's about that time. 100 Days of Anchor with your host, Greg Moore. Let's get into it. Okay, up first we're talking about contracts and making sure people are getting paid what they're worth. And more specifically, I mean sports contracts. It was the NHL free agency recently and also the NBA free agency recently. And I am amazed at how big these contracts have become. Like we have NBA stars making 30 plus million dollars per year. That's a lot of money. I mean, the NHL contracts are nowhere near that. Like the biggest contracts are probably one third of that price. I used to think that baseball had the biggest contracts, but the NBA has recently surpassed even that. And then people get into arguments saying, yeah, they're not worth it or they are worth it. But the way I look at it is this. There's probably 500-ish, we'll say up to 700 of these jobs on the entire planet. That's it. 700 jobs. That's it. And I mean, they do bring in a lot of money for the owners and sometimes the municipalities and the people that go to the games, whatever it is. I mean, are they worth it? $30 million. Like someone has to pay for these things. And you know who it is? It's us. It's the regular public. I just went to a, a, a local football game here in Canada. We have the, the Canadian Football League, the CFL. And people are paying $10 for a beer. I mean, I'm not one of them. But that's the going rate. I went to the Air Canada Centre in Toronto this past October. People are paying $14, dollars $16. So no wonder these contracts are getting so astronomically large. It's because I'm paying like seven plus dollars for a boiled hot dog. My goodness. All that to say, is this where we're headed? Like, are we, are we headed to $100 million contracts in the next 25 years? Like, this is crazy. Which reminds me, I need to get my daughter, who's now eight months old, um, into basketball because, wow, <laughs> it certainly pays. Okay, that take went a little bit long. I apologize. But I want to get back to the last episode when we talked a little bit about bros. Bros in sports, guys who take things too seriously. I got a call in from Barbara K. Wonders, and it sounded a little bit like this. Hey, Greg. Barbara K. B. here. All right. (laughs) You may not like this. I know you might not. But it just sort of occurred to me. I know there's, there's bro culture, culture here in the States as well. And when it comes to sports, just like in business, maybe you need to have some women on your teams. I know, I know, this becomes controversial. You know, can the women handle it? Can they be a part of it? Yeah. That's where I've actually had fun and enjoyed sports. I, I actually um, enjoy volleyball. And I've done that. And I've played some soccer. Those are my two that I could claim have had some participation. Of course, baseball as well. I think the bro culture, just like in business, yeah, invite some women to join the teams. You'll see a whole change. And I think for the good. Okay, Barb, I do not disagree. I think you bring up a valid point. Having women in sports and having co-ed leagues and that sort of stuff is important. And I think it helps balance things out. And every time that I've played in co-ed sports, it's been a lot less, you're right, of the bro culture. The gap that I have, though, with all the professional sports, the big ones, the NBA, the NHL, the NFL, and I'm missing one. Uh, it's, it, and the MLB, they're all male 
male-dominated sports, male-only sports, for the most part, they're open to females, but that creates the, the desire for everyone else to want to play in male-specific or female-specific leagues. And I think it's unavoidable. But I do agree with you that if we are willing to have an adventure and go play in co-ed sports, you'll probably have a better time. You'll have more fun and you'll meet new people. So great take. Okay, if you're new to the station, I live in Regina, Saskatchewan, Canada, a town of about 250,000 people that we all refer to as a very, very small town. And what I mean by that is you can go to any event, meet someone, and there's a good chance that that person knows someone else that you know. It's great. And it makes everyone be on their best behavior because you do not want to cut any bridges in this city or burn any bridges or whatever the saying is because, you know, like everyone knows someone. So everyone's really nice to one another. But one of my favorite things about small towns is the news because sometimes people cover the weirdest things in the news when it's a small town. Now, I'm not talking like the smallest of towns. In Saskatchewan, there's a place called Wartime, and there's like 12 people living there. And they have a little section in a newspaper. And by little section, I mean a paragraph in a bigger newspaper of the town of a 1,000. And I read it once, and that section said it was like <laughs> Charlie's granddaughter came to visit him from the city. And that was like a literal piece in the paper. But with, with Regina being a small town, which is actually a decent-sized city for Canada... The, sometimes we publish really small town articles. And the most recent one is a local Regina shop owner cut off his mullet. That, that, is, that is what it was. It was on the CBC just today. Now, in, in, all, in all due respect, like Carlo is the owner of a local shop called the Italian Sardelli. He's actually a Regina personality. The shop is Regina. Like, it's, it's, a, it's a landmark. You need to go and check it out. They have great stuff, especially if you love the Italians because it's great food. And I've been to Italy myself and I love it. But really? Like, do we need to publish an article about this guy's mullet being cut off? I mean, I see both sides of it. One, it's hilarious and it's funny that this is news. But on the other hand, I'm like, is there a bigger story we could be telling? And I know what you're going to say, Greg, stop complaining because it's a positive story instead of just another negative story. And I think you're right. I think you're right. So I'll take that criticism and I'll move on to my last positive story. Okay, my last take tonight is all about being thankful. Have you ever seen Louis C.K. go off about millennials and people that just kind of complain about everything? My favorite example is he complains about me and us millennials who we text and if we don't get a response or the, the text doesn't go in like three seconds, we get real mad. Like, ah, I've, I've waited. My biggest complaint is actually buffering on the internet. If I have to wait for like three seconds for any sort of buffering, I just lose my mind. So I'm kind of like speaking to the choir tonight. Those things are kind of a menial and, and who cares. But what I want to challenge us with is I just saw on Facebook, there's a movie theater that came out here and they replaced all their chairs with recliners, which is kind of a cool idea. You can put your legs up, lean back and recline and enjoy yourself. And lo and behold, there's three comments and one of them is someone just going off negative about how bad these chairs are and how annoyed they are that they, they can't sit and watch a movie for two hours because they're uncomfortable. To which I'm like, it's better than before, man. Like, at least there's some appreciation that people are at least thinking about you as opposed to like putting you on some wicker chair to go watch your movies like they were before. 
I really think we owe it to ourselves to try and see the glass as half full. And yeah, I'm speaking to myself. When the next time that text doesn't go, I'll relax and say, hey, at least I can text, right? At least I get the opportunity to text. I, I don't know. Just, just be thankful. I feel like tonight's a little bit of like self-therapy for me. Maybe I had a rough day or something. I don't know. Anyway, thanks for tuning in. Again, this is 100 Days of Anchor. Uh, I'll be here tomorrow. I'm so thankful that I found that clip. That is exactly what I'm talking about. Thank you, Mr. Louis. Thank you, Mr. Louis C.K. You made it happen. This is my 100 Days of Anchor project. What I'm doing is I'm recording 100 straight episodes in 100 straight days for the sole purpose of getting better at communicating. So when I do this, I try and tell stories. I actually do not take a lot of takes. In fact, my goal is to take one take, one hit, and that's why some of these hits are better than others because I don't want to sit and take 40 repetitions of the same take. I want to talk. I want to enunciate. I want to tell stories. I want to get better at it. So if you're with me on this journey, thanks. I'm having fun. In fact, I think I've actually improved already, and it's only been like 10 short days. So the goal is October 4th. If you're here until then, thanks. If you're not, well... Thanks for sticking around anyway. I'll be here tomorrow. This is Greg. Talk to you soon.